0: Welcome to The Build Up by Alibaba Australia New Zealand, a bite-sized podcast series here to demystify the journey of entrepreneurship with in-real-life advice from industry experts who are in the business of The Build in the midst of creating entrepreneurial projects of their very own and finding their way in the world of biz. Learn, laugh and dream big with good humans doing great work and get inspired to build an entrepreneurial journey of your own. This podcast is an initiative of Alibaba Australia, New Zealand, the global technology company, and is produced by The Peers Project, where progressive podcast dreams are brought to life. Hey builders, and welcome back to another episode of The Build Up by Alibaba Australia, New Zealand, a guide to finding a way in the world of biz. In this episode, we explore the importance of challenging expectations and self improvement based on the Alibaba Group's cultural value today's best performance is tomorrow's baseline, or. Today, we're joined in this conversation by Drew Bilby, co founder and co CEO of NextBar. Nexpa is Australia's leading natural sugar-free drinks brand on a mission to create innovative drinks that taste good and do good. The team at Nexpa live by the mantra, no sugar, nothing artificial, no worries. So you can trust that all Nexpa products will always be free of sugar and artificial ingredients. Founded by two Australian brother-in-laws, Troy Douglas and Drew Bilby, in their early 20s, Nexpa has become one of Australia's most well known startup success stories. Starting off selling their original drinks from the back of a van on Bondi Beach, Nexpa is now stocked in all major Australian retailers and has recently become the number one kombucha brand in the UK. Nexpa also launched into its first Asian market, Korea, in 2020.
1: Welcome, Drew. Thanks, Michelle. I'm very excited to be here and talk about the Nexpa story to your listeners.
0: Amazing. Look, Drew, please take the mic and share with us in your own words who you are, what you do and why you do it.
1: Yeah. So um, my name is Drew Bilby. I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Nexpa. We are super passionate people about you know, everything naturally sugar-free. And I think you nailed it in the uh, in the intro there, Michelle, where you mentioned that Nexpa is all about no sugar, nothing artificial, and no worries. Um, and it really is the reason why we're passionate about what we do is creating, you know, beverages and food that are better for you, options for for consumers in Australia and, and more so globally really as well.
0: Amazing, Drew. Oh my goodness. I just love your story from reading about it and from looking into you guys, but can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to start Nexpa as two young 20 year olds?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was fortunate when I was about 22 to, um, do university exchange in Mexico. Um, and you know, whilst I was over there, obviously sipping, uh, sipping margaritas and, and having a bit of tequila on the beach. Um, it was really clear that Mexico at the time and that was sort of 2010 was just much more well developed when it came to better for you beverages um, you know specifically iced tea in their category was about 12 to 14 percent of their local beverage market um, and, and, and that was that was also um, really similar across the rest of North America um, and throughout the Asian markets I came back here after our exchange and realized that Australia isn't doing a great job when it comes to better for you beverages. Iced tea was about one to two percent of our local market, and we really had, um, you know, fu- everything that we had on the market was full of sugar, full of artificials, and, and really wasn't, um, you know, hitting that that uh, requirement of being a better for you option for our consumers. Um, so I tapped my brother-in-law Troy on the shoulder and said, "Mate, um, you know, let's give this a, let's give this a crack. Let's try and make our own better for you beverage company." Um, so, and this is probably not really known in the story, we actually jumped on Alibaba. Um, and bought a forty-foot container of um, machinery, which which um, arrived on on uh, in in northern Sydney, um, and we sort of put it together. Had a had a two thousand um, an hour canning line, um, and you know really started um, the process of of knocking on cafe doors um, and selling the Nexpert brand in. What we found during that process is that this is this was a really big opportunity. Nobody was doing it in the Australian market, um, and there was a really big opportunity for someone to come in and and really explode this better for you. But naturally, sugar free space. Um, so we then uh, got our first major customer on board with Seven Eleven, and that took the next brand nationally overnight, which was super exciting for us. Um, you know, two mates from. From Sydney, getting a getting a brand overnight um, nationally was was a really big thing, um, and we sort of took that story and built it on that, um, and and the sales success that we were getting in Seven Eleven, and built on the whole petrol and convenience chain, um, and then launched into our major supermarkets over here. So that's a little bit about um, and how we started, and and um, you know Alibaba was obviously a big part of that as well.
0: It's so cool to hear, Drew. I mean, you know, you guys are so well known now and it's it's all happening for you guys over the last couple of years. But to hear that it really did start with just that idea when when you were in Mexico and then Alibaba popped in and and here we go. Why do you think Nexma didn't already exist in this market?
1: Yeah, it's it's really a question. I think when we started in about 2010, um, you know, sugar... You, the, the tidal wave of anti-sugar sentiment, or understanding that that excess sugar isn't good for you, was just beginning. Um, so people were just starting to realize that. Hold on a second. Um, having a, a full sugar soft drink or a food that's high in sugar isn't actually good for my body. Um, so no one was working on on natural solutions apart from the, you know the artificially sweetened drinks that we already had in the market. Um, so we spent um, we spent about six years developing. Um, what is now a patented blend globally, um, which is our natural, um, basically our our sort of natural sweetener, which is is obviously sugar-free and and completely natural. Um, And we've used that to kind of um, put into all of our beverages and and everything we're developing as as something which is essentially emulates the mouthfeel and the taste and the experience of sugar um, in a natural way without any of the artificial nasties. So I think we, um, you know, it took us a long time, but we just kind of were at that right time and where consumers were just starting to understand how bad sugar was for you. Mm.
0: So fascinating, I think. You know, the fact that you were able to jump on this at such an early stage where we turned a blind eye and and just kept drinking all the sugary goods. That's right talk to us a little bit about the early stage of the build. You know, this podcast is all about building. And for you guys who were very young, you know, how how did you navigate through it all? And, and what were the first few steps that you took to get it off the ground? And then when you hit a hurdle, how were you able to keep going?
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing about Troy and I is that neither of us came from, you know, the fast moving consumer goods background. So we weren't um, we didn't have experience in beverages. We didn't have experience in in anything to do with supermarkets, um, which in hindsight was a real blessing in disguise. Um, you know, we were really naive about all the hurdles and challenges that we were going to face, um, which kind of, it was a bit of a good thing in a way. We were two guys that were really passionate about an idea. Um, we had the mentality that, um, you know, we're going to overcome any speed bumps. We're going to find a way around any challenges. Um, and I think I think that's that's critical to kind of, particularly in the early days when you are, uh, you know, you're not having the successes, it's not coming very easy. This is, um, you know, I often say this is a 10-year overnight success. Um, you know, Nexba is is a national brand now and, and now a global brand. Um, but, you know, certainly in those f- sort of first five or six years, um, you know, we weren't having the successes. It would the, the understanding about how bad sugar was for you was only just beginning. So, the, you know, that critical consumer mass, wasn't quite there yet um so there was there was plenty of times where um yeah we were struggling to pay rent and um really struggling to pay bills for for a long time um but i think that it it comes back to your mentality and your your desire to want to achieve something um i think there always there's always a way around things and and um you know also getting particularly in the early days making sure that you've got that really good support team around you i think if you're going to try and do something all on your own, you're not going to have the successes. You really need that team of experts um, that are going to be around you and, and, and cre- helping you create and live the vision and mission and the dream of Next Bar together with you.
0: How can we find our tribe and our people and that team that you talk about?
1: That's a million dollar question. I don't think anyone's got the. Uh, I don't think anyone's got the silver bullet or answer to it. Um, I think. If you're un- uncompromising in the values that you have as a company and your vision and mission, um, you know, eventually people will gravitate towards you, um, you know, people that are like-minded to you and have the same vision and mission. Um, and that's what we found, you know, now we stand here sort of 10 years after we created Next Bar, Um, and we've got a really, really strong team um, internally. Um, but we've also got fierce and loyal consumers um, of the product that, you know, normal brands just don't have that. Um, so it's something that, that is, is organic and is created over a really long period of time. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I think when you, when you're unrelenting and you're really steadfast, um, in sticking to your vision and mission, then people will respect that. And and you will get like-minded people that, that, um, you know, create that tribe, um, and want to be, want to be associated with the brand and, and want to be consuming the brand. and, and, getting the benefits that, you know, Nexper's naturally sugar-free products offer.
0: It's so fascinating. and so interesting. You know, now that it's been 10 years and you guys have really gone through those hard yards and, and you've made it through and you're here with an amazing tribe of people around you and consumers, how do you keep building? How do you stay motivated to keep building? And what are you currently building that we can look forward to seeing?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. When we started this business, we had a really, really ambitious um, vision and mission. And we, we genuinely want to take naturally sugar-free food and beverages globally. You know, we, we, we absolutely believe that that opportunity exists, not just in Australia, um, but absolutely globally. All of the, the, um, you know, the health reasons that motivate us, when it, either diabetes, obesity, et cetera, um, that are associated with sugar, they don't just exist in Australia, they exist globally as well. Um, so having that really lofty, ambitious vision and mission really motivates us to keep going every single day because we're, we're a long way from achieving that. Um, and we're super motivated to keep striving and wanting to achieve it. Um, so I think that that really helps in what we're trying to do. And, and um, yeah, getting up every day and, and loving what you do, wanting to come into work and, and and having a positive impact on society is is something that absolutely motivates us to come into work every day. And and is really exciting. Um, in terms of you know things that we've got coming out and, and new products, um, we, we this this brand is um, you know so restless and unrelenting in in our um, the new products that we're bringing out and, and the things that we are thinking of. Um, so I think in in the next few weeks, Australian consumers are going to be really lucky that um, Next is going to have its first um, launch product launch outside of beverages. Um, so we'll see that in, in the major supermarkets. I can't um, say exactly what that is, unfortunately, but um, it's, a, it's a really exciting launch and, and it kind of um, shows that you know it's we can have an impact not just in beverages, but in all of the foods that are really high in sugar and, and really don't need to be. There are natural alternatives. Um, so yeah, we're really excited and, and, and excited to continue that new product pipeline um, also globally, not just in Australia. Mm. It's so
0: exciting, Drew, and I can't wait to see what that is, that announcement is. Now I want to move on and have a bit of a discussion about today's Alibaba cultural value, and that is, today's best performance is tomorrow's baseline, or Drew, what does this value mean to you, and how do you implement the virtue of self-improvement into the best work practices for yourself and your team?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's a really good mantra that, that Alibaba have it. And, and for me, that, that really is all about just continuing to be better um, every single day. Come in, um, you know, you want to you be improving and building on what you did yesterday um, and keep moving towards your goals and, and keep lifting the bar um, of expectations higher. Um, and so everyone around you understands what the standards are um, and, and it means that everyone's getting the most out of themselves not just for themselves, but also for the output of, of, you know, what you're trying to achieve as a business. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really exciting, um, way and mentality of thinking is constantly trying to be better.
0: I mean, it's, it's so easy to say, right. You know, just keep being better, keep pushing forward, but it's hard sometimes, you know, has there been a time in your entrepreneurial journey to date where you've really struggled to, you know, kind of embody that mentality of continued self-improvement and always kind of putting your best foot forward. You talk to us a little bit about a time where you really struggled with that.
1: Yeah. I think it's human nature that everybody goes through, um, periods where they might be struggling in, with motivation a little bit. And that, that's just kind of normal and depends what, you know, is, is can be external factors outside of work as well. Um, so I think one of the most important things, and, and the way that I've always overcome that is, um, you know, I've got my business partner, Troy, um, is, you know, it, it would also struggle with the same things. But we're able to lift each other up in the time when, you know, one might be down, et cetera, um, particularly in the early days. And I think um, now when we've got a, a much bigger team and a bigger business around us, you know, you feed off the positivity of people around you, and and that um, it comes back to getting the the right tribe and making sure you've got people like you around you um, that believe in the same vision and mission and are motivated to hit the same targets and goals that you are. Um, because you know we we can't always be 110 um, percent with our energy levels and our motivation. Um, so it's it really helps to have that really positive team and and um, people around you that that can lift you up when when you're maybe not feeling 100. percent
0: Mm, I couldn't agree more. For, our, for everyone out there listening, for our builders out there listening, who perhaps are starting on a new business idea or perhaps they're a year or two in and they're really struggling with this idea of kind of finding their tribe and, and continued self-improvement, you know, what advice would you give to us um, around that? And was there a time where you really struggled and you were able to kind of get yourself out of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the one kind of sentence that sums this up is there's never a good time to start a business. Um, there's always going to be an excuse not to do it um, or a reason why it's a difficult time. Um, so if you believe in what you're trying to achieve and you've, you know, you've done all your research and you, you feel like there's an opportunity, I think giving it a go, you know, st- taking the first step um, and, and, you know, once you've taken the first step, you'll, you'll see what you need to do to, to take that second step. Um, but unless you, unless you take the first step, you'll never ever start a business or, or give it a go. And, and that that's, you know, throughout life as well. Um, but I think, you know, we, we've had um, a lot of times when we are um, really struggling to understand what that next step is going to be um, or really struggling to kind of, um, you know, pay the bill. As I sort of mentioned before, it, it has not been easy sailing in the first, particularly in the first five or six years of this business. Um, there were many times where, um we just were struggling to get national ranging products and um we didn't have a solution to manufacture you know our soft drink products or our tea products um that might have might have got ranging so you've got to you've got to really quickly be nimble um and think quick about solutions it's it's as a young business and a and a startup and and a scale up it's all about um you know you you you're finding solutions you're solutions oriented you you might do a sell and then you got to figure out how you're going to make that and actually and actually produce it. So um, there's yeah, there's without going into specific examples, there's um, there's many many times where you're just not sure how you're going to get out of it. But if you're not moving forward and you're not taking that first step, then you're never going to be able to take the second step.
0: How can we get better at gaining the courage to take the first step?
1: Um, it's I, it's it's a very hard question to answer. I think. Um, I think it it, it kind of comes back to what I was saying before around it's it's the motivation that you have internally, but it's also the support you have of people around you. Um, I've got a really really supportive um, network, um, and you know my wife's always been incredibly supportive. I've got three kids as well, and they're always you know my my cheerleaders, clap and daddy. Um, so it's you know it, that that kind of support network is is critical to kind of your success and what you're trying to achieve. Um, and yeah, I think it really comes down to the, the fire burning inside you and the will to want to go after something that you really believe in. And, and you, will get, um, you will get many, many knockbacks and many no's. Um, and that's just the reality of, of starting a small business. And I think it's your ability to kind of your resilience and, and step up again after getting a no that, that kind of is whether or not you can be successful or not.
0: I absolutely love it, Drew. We so appreciate you. We appreciate your wisdom and it's so exciting what you guys are building and it's phenomenal you've been able to come, you know, get through the journey that is so tough, that is entrepreneurship. I've got a final question for you and that is how can we follow along the journey? Where can we learn more about Nextbar? And for you, I guess, what's the most exciting thing about what you do?
1: We've we've always seen Nextbar as a movement, um, and that movement is is all about you know naturally sugar free is the future of food and beverage. Um, there's no reason why we need to be having consuming huge amounts of sugary soft drinks or foods with with a huge amount of sugar. Um, so we believe this movement of naturally sugar free belongs just as much to Nextbar as it does to any other person that wants to consume our foods and beverages. Um, so I think you know, the best way to get on the journey is, is source out an expert, go to your local supermarkets, go to your local stores. Um, if they don't have it, ask them why not? Um, because you know, they're missing out on the future. So it's, um, you know, absolutely. We've got obviously, um, all of the next social channels, um, that, that, that people keep up to date with and understands, um, you know, the next things we're bringing out or what's going on in the, in the world of next The whole reason why we do what we do is to have an impact on people, whether it's one person or 20 million people. Um, it's, you know, having that impact, you see those stories and you're like, geez, you know, we're, we're, we're doing what we set out to do and we're having a real impact. So, um, you know, that, that is absolutely what excites me the most and what, I'm, what I get really happy about when I see those stories and, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see more of them.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much, Drew. You're awesome. Your company is so fascinating and we really appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me.
0: Next up, and on the subject of best practice, performance, and always stretching to be better, we're pleased to take a moment to explore some of our podcast partner, Alibaba's sustainability initiatives. The Alibaba Group has always felt a responsibility to help solve problems in society, as it is implied in their mission, to make it easy to do business anywhere. Sustainability is at the core of what Alibaba do, and it's their belief that public trust is earned by showing, not just telling. Here are a few Alibaba sustainability initiatives we think are especially great. One, their Zhangbei data centre in Hebei province in northern China runs entirely on renewable solar and wind power. Two, 55 million trees were planted in Northwest China as part of the Ant Forest Program. 3. Alibaba Group's Kaniaro Network reduces packaging materials by approximately 15% by using its packaging optimization algorithm. Thanks for listening to the build-up by Alibaba Australia New Zealand, a guide to finding your way in the world of Biz. Before you go and start building, hit subscribe and leave a review if you found this podcast helpful. That way, more people like you are able to find us and listen too. To keep up with all of the exciting events happening in the world of global biz, follow Alibaba on Instagram and Facebook at alibaba.anz and subscribe to the Alibaba Made Easy email list at the link in this episode's description. Thanks again for listening and remember to never stop building your dreams.